Hi there. My name is Dr. Pragenta, and I'm the host of the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm an advanced nurse practitioner, and I want to be your guide into the world of nursing professions. This podcast is a platform for nurses to share their journeys as they made their way in the diverse field of nursing as either entrepreneurs, academia, private practice, or even the corporate world. I think we should celebrate just how diverse the field of nursing is through mentoring one another with the stories of our career journeys. Nothing is too mundane because each journey is unique. This podcast will showcase career options to encourage nurses to view their degrees with a business mindset. After all, we work in the healthcare business. And ultimately, I hope I might inspire you to make a change if you're looking for something different. I am motivated to see you live your best nursing life, and that looks different for everyone. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast, and let's get started with today's guest. Hi, Liam. Welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm so happy to have you on today. Sandra, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a joy to be here. Oh, guys, for you guys listening, today I have a real treat. Liam Caswell is an RN nurse coach and an NLP NLP practitioner. So it's a neurolinguistic programming practitioner. So um, um, it's all about rewiring your patterns and your mindset. Mm. Okay, so it's a say it again. Neurolinguistic programming practitioner, podcast host, and a nursepreneur. He graduated from Edinburgh Napier University, Scotland in 2011 with 10 years of international nursing experience spanning from the UK, Australia, and Fiji. Liam has a dual master's in international public health and health management. He's a nurse career and leadership coach, and he is based in Sydney, Australia. He has helped over 130 nurses achieve career alignment success through one-on-one coaching. He is the proud host and creator of the High Performance Nursing Podcast, which is on Spotify, and I highly recommend you guys check it out, where he has these conversations with global clinicians and explores what is possible with the career of nursing. So welcome, Liam. I am so happy to have you on today. And guys, let's dive right in. So Liam, explain to my listeners exactly what it is that you do for a living. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I am a nurse career and leadership coach. I am the founder and CEO, I guess, bad boss of um, High Performance Nursing and Liam Caswell Coaching. I set that up over a year and a half ago now, I think a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, where I just saw this gap in the industry where nurses were just not getting access to mentorship and coaching clinically in the workplace. And I noticed that as a nursing leader, I wanted to bring that to the masses. And that's kind of my overarching vision is helping clinicians fulfill their full potential and kind of rise through their career. And kind of like you, the, the message that you deliver, allow nurses to see that their degree is a ticket to creating a life that they want to live. An intentional life. That's my kind of current title at the moment. I also do still work and dabble in clinical land and I work predominantly within the university sector. So I work as a sessional marker. So I give all the students the bad grades if their grammar's bad. And, <laughs> and I also do sensational academic teaching and work with students on placement here in Australia during their undergraduate studies. Oh my goodness. So Lots of lots of hats, lots of pots on the stove that are cooking, and that's what I'm all about. I think that one of the things 
that my podcast I hope to showcase is nurses that don't just have their foot in the hospital. And in one of your podcast episodes, you were speaking with Lauren, you really do describe that that's also your vision for nurses is for them to not just be stuck, especially when it comes to burnout and different things that you experienced throughout your career. Mm. And I know that you had said you moved up the ranks and you were in the managerial position. Is that on mm. the clinical floor? Yeah, I guess walk me through your steps. How did you get to this specific spot in your career and kind of walk me through mm. beginning with the moment you decided to become a nurse and then walk me through just kind of that whole process to where you were like, it's time to bust out on my own. Yeah, I love that. So I started back in, in the UK. I grew up in Scotland and I was kind of surrounded by clinicians. My mom was an assistant in nursing or like a healthcare support worker. And my gran was a, a nurse and she worked actually in Spain. And at the time I thought, I love caring for people. Why not just dive into this? So yeah. I studied nursing, graduated from university when I was 19 to study my degree when I was six, super young, you but I was kind of real dead set on achieving it. Hence the high performance thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a theme there. Yeah. From there, I you know, started working medical admissions and planning. So it's like a really busy, acute medical kind of extension to emergency here in, in, yeah. in the UK. Worked there, loved it, thrived on the hustle culture and, you know, patients in, patients out. And then had a beautiful exchange with a, a nurse unit manager from the intensive care unit. And I actually looked after one of her relatives, not knowing that that was the intensive care manager. And she came to me at the end of the shift and said, have you ever thought about a career in intensive care? And I said, no, not really. Like I was only like one year out of my grad. Sure. Like, I think you should apply. And I was like, okay, cool. So off I trot and I did my intensive care nursing and I did that for about four or five years. And then I migrated to Australia. My partner is Australian. So moved out here to get some sunshine and some warmth yeah, um, and did a real variety of different things. And this is what I kind of preach to the nursing population and workforce here in Australia is sample, sample, sample. And I feel like through my career, that's what I've done. Uh, I worked agency, kind of like travel nursing, locoming for a few years here in Sydney, worked through the publics and the private sector. I worked for the universities again, did a bit of university support. Uh, which is amazing to be able to support and nurture those students at that such an early stage in their career. And then from there, I actually moved down to Canberra, Australia. So I moved from Sydney to Canberra. And Canberra is the, is the actual capital of Australia. Not that anybody knows that. Oh, it's <laughs> not Sydney. Everybody, no, everybody thinks it's Sydney or it's Melbourne, oh but it's Canberra. Um, American. <laughs> yeah. I was the same coming from the UK. I'm like, what is this Canberra place? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And I moved there. And then a lot of opportunities kind of arose from that move, actually, which was interesting. I moved into advanced life support training. So kind of like your ALS, ACLF ah, training. I did that yes. for a few years, uh, which I loved. And then I moved. What did you love about it? I loved, I loved helping people see that they can thrive in a high stress environment and kind of like really utilize that algorithm. And once you know that algorithm, like, you know, there's nothing stopping you. Yes, there's lots of things that are variable, but once you get that down pat, you can achieve anything in those arrests really with the support of your team and really helping people see that they're not alone. Because I think often as clinicians, we think, holy moly, like... I'm here. My patient's just crashed. Who's around? Is anybody here? So that was really rewarding. Yeah. I'm like self-efficacy, right? You're teaching them the ability to walk into a situation and change it. Like, you know, not mm. always, but for the most mm. part, going back to your coaching, 
which is that same along that same line and that same vein yeah, of maybe. teaching people how to change a situation that they're in through what they know. So yeah, anyway, go ahead. I love that. I love yeah. that. And in terms of the ALS as well, what I loved about it was the critical thinking and seeing clinicians that maybe didn't typically work in an acute environment coming through the course and then equipping them with this like awesome skill set, like the fundamental thing, which is your patient assessment. So I love that. And moving from there, I went into clinical education. I did that in acute medicine for a few years and then moved into medicine and did nurse unit manager. And that's where I saw the system kind of falling apart a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure. I started to notice the cracks. I the cracks. Yeah, Have you I seen did. the movie Encanto? Where on Disney, <laughs> it's so cute. But basically, the house starts having cracks in it. And there's somebody on the inside patching all the cracks. <laughs> and so it's all cracking. But but there's like somebody in there, like the nurse manager's like trying to keep the cracks from showing. <laughs> anyway, just made me think. I can that. relate to that on I have a this level. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that. Yeah, it was it was very much like that. And that's what I experienced. Despite having and investing in doing my Masters of Healthcare Leadership and Management, I still was deeply, deeply frustrated with the system and the limitations and the staffing and all of the problems that are global in healthcare around, yes. you know, how do you deliver a high quality, safe service to patients and also create a psychologically safe environment for staff to work in. Come on. Like, yeah. come on, like happy staff, happy patients. Like when will we learn that lesson? So from there, I kind of got a bit frustrated with healthcare and leadership and management. And that was my opportunity. Like that was my moment to change the world. I felt like I was pushing crap uphill. Like it was just not happening. And I realized that I could just the, the one thing that I could do that I could do really well was support my staff and really invest in the clinicians. So I guess that's kind of where the coaching stuff for me was born. I absolutely yeah. loved investing in people and seeing people thrive for the first time in their career just by taking a couple of minutes to chat. So yeah, yeah nursing career coaching was born there. I was doing it kind of by default in the workplace. I was helping people land promotions. I was looking at the resumes, I was looking at their applications, getting them through their interview prep, and uh, they were all landing the jobs. And I kind of thought, oh, this is cool. And to manage my own burnout, I actually sought career and mentorship support external to the workforce. And I, I hired a non-clinical career coach to see kind of what my options were at the time. And I was a bit skeptical of it. So I thought, well, how is this person going to help me? They're not a they don't understand the clinical drafts. <laughs> And uh, I was, boy, I couldn't have been more wrong. They really helped me see what it was I had to offer and what I was already doing. And that's why Liam Caswell Coaching, nurse, you know, High Performance Nursing was born. Yeah. Got and that's what I love to do now. I love that birth story of your business. It's beautiful. Mm. And a couple of things that I was thinking as you were talking was this NLP practitioner. Now, again, forgive my ignorance because I just assumed NLP just, you know, met something along the lines of nursing. But what? Two things. How did that training and then how did your nursing training help you as you've started to build this business? Yeah. NLP is really powerful when utilized in a coaching setting. It really helps us kind of look at our brains, <laughs> kind of objectively and look at our past experiences and really try and work through some of those things that have caused us trauma or issues in the past. And it helps us kind of realign and rewire our kind of neural patterns and neural pathways so that we can yeah. opt for better better pathways and better choices and to ultimately adopt better thoughts so we can create better results in the future. 
I know, isn't it fascinating? I love that. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's Tony Robbins is the, is the go-to coach for this globally. I didn't learn from him, but he is an NLP master. I think he like pretty much birthed it himself. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And it's just one of many tools, you know, that we can use in coaching to really help clinicians see, see their full potential. I remember when I did a level of therapy myself in the past, they talk about how your mind creates these almost like ruts. And so you automatically go from A to B. And it's really convenient because your brain can do things quickly, but it's also super detrimental because instead of creating new pathways of thinking and new ways of looking at things, you always look at them at the same way. So is this kind mm -hmm. of similar to that? Is this creating new pathways and creating new ways to think about things and kind of getting your mindset changed? Is that what the purpose of it is? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one modality to basically help us look at circumstances as being a neutral thing um, and creating space between what happens and then the thoughts that we then choose to think uh, uh -huh. and the results that we create as we move down that path. So it's pretty powerful stuff. Uh, it really helps people move from, I hate using the word, but move from that kind of victim mindset into more of a like an empowered champion mindset which we love in coaching i just got finished listening to a podcast episode where donald miller he is the author of story brand he comes mm -hmm. on and talks about how there are four character types in every story there's the victim there's the hero and there is the oh gosh the other characters are escaping me right now but anyway he says that at some point in our lives we play one of these roles at different times and how the victim role never wins us anything ever in life and how we want to oh the guide that's the other one too there's the called the guide mm -hmm. so the yoda the person that comes into luke skywalker's life and teaches him how to be the hero and it's very inspirational when you hear him describe these roles i can't remember the fourth one of course it's always one you can't remember but yeah that he describes these roles and you you walk away and you just think like oh my goodness who am i choosing to be today oh the villain there it is the villain mm, there's oh, the villain yes. there's the hero there's the guide and there is the victim and so they say that the the hero saves the victim but if you notice in in the in the movie they always scan away from the victim after he saves him mm -hmm. and they focus in on the hero and that the hero always has a guide like Luke Skywalker needing Yoda. Um, and that at any point, the hero is always battling with the villain inside of himself, right? So there's this moment mm -hmm. in Star Wars. I happen to be a really big Star Wars fan, but there's this um, moment that Luke has to like fight with the dark side of the force, right? And he has to realize, is he dark? Is he light? You know, whatever. This story timeline is in all of our lives and we get to choose which like character we want to play. And it's just this really beautiful ensemble that he's put together to really explain that same mindset that you're talking about, about choosing to either be the victim, the hero. Um, and then in your role and in something that I'm trying to cultivate is being the guide, right? Being the person that mm -hmm. shows the hero how to get what they want. And then the battle that the individual person has within themselves is choosing to be that hero, choosing to either be that victim or choosing to be that villain. And so it's just really cool. But it made me think about that as you were describing it. And I went really convoluted in describing it, but that is... Essentially, I, what I thought was so incredible. I love that so much. That is such an amazing way to look at it. Yeah, and you know, the crux of that is, it's a choice. <laughs> like it's we a choice. forget that it is a choice. 
Like there is no one bending, twisting or it's a choice. (laughs) Yes, 100%. And that's the thing that I began to see in my career is that sometimes I felt like decisions were being made for me. And I began to almost get into that victim mindset of like, oh, well, my boss doesn't like me. Oh, well, you know, all these different things. And then you just start realizing like, no, Sandra, you're in the driver's seat. Like you have complete control over how this looks. And so please start driving your car. And I can't be the only nurse that's asleep. Like I can't be the only one that's not driving my life. And so I really wanted to just bring awareness and bring the, the exposure to nurses that are like walking into that hero mindset and let them be individual guides to people that might be struggling as well. So I think that's a beautiful journey. I think what you're doing is exactly what we all are aspiring to be is that Yoda-esque, that Yoda-esque individual that we are showing others how to get the life that they want through the 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 moments in our career and the the tough lessons and the things that we learned as we were going through our careers. And you started even earlier than I did. I was 22, you were 19. So that's pretty incredible. <laughs> so the next part of our interview, I like to ask, tell me about a time that was a real struggle that you had to overcome something in your career. And so people are like, what do you mean by this? I just mean a time where you were just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, this is a mess. And then how mm-hmm. you work to overcome it. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh my God, there's so many moments, but I'll choose one. I think I had a real big bout of burnout in my transition from being a nurse educator into a nurse manager position. And I think it's because I took the weight of the world and the weight of the area, the clinical area and my staff and my patients kind of on my shoulders and had like three, four years worth of mess to tidy up that like no one had done for three, four years. So I think that for me was really challenging as somebody that naturally is someone that would Jenna thinks they are a high performer I want to go out and do the best that I can which I think most clinicians do want to do and that was really challenging for me and that process allowed me to start unpacking kind of what was going on for me mentally like the stories that I was telling myself and really detaching myself like my true self from my ego and like that you know angel and demon uh, sitting on my shoulder. So that was really challenging for me uh, to work through. But I guess, you know, I did that by just starting to prioritize my self-care, going to therapy, working through all of it. I don't think maybe enough clinicians talk about going to therapy. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it, a lot of people would benefit from going to therapy within the healthcare uh, realm. So it's such a hard job. The stuff we see is not normal. I had a day, so no, it's not normal. <laughs> not um, normal. So yeah, yeah, that was a that, that was a really challenging time. Yeah. But you know, I guess it's worth noting that when you have those moments, you you always come through them, right? And in the moment, you think, "How am I going to get out of this?" And at the time, a really important reflection for me was, I thought nursing was the problem, when all along, it was my thoughts about nursing that was the problem. I had this story, this internal story, such, I actually had a lot of hatred for healthcare um, that was just driving me crazy. I just thought that work was the biggest problem in my life when it was my thoughts about work. So that was a huge moment for me when I went, oh, right. Okay. Yep. That's me causing all the pain. (laughs) Yes. Work can be problematic, but I can choose what I want to think about that or what I want to believe about that versus feeling like the victim. So that was really challenging. 
I think we all have those experiences and we all go through moments where we just think, you know, I can't be the villain. Kind of going back to what I was describing earlier, I can't be the problem. And you start to realize, no, you very much are the problem. And yes, the system has cracks because it's an imperfect system and it will always be broken. However, you have got to create the life that you want aside from the system. And you're mm-hmm. in complete control of that. I think for my listeners and the, and they know that, you know, I felt a similar sense when I had my son. I struggled going back to work and I worked full time for a period and I was so burned out and stressed out coming home and having a little one. And I just decided like, this has got to stop. Like I cannot, I don't hate my job. I don't like that I'm being pushed into so many different areas that I have to excel in. Like I need to step back from things and prioritize myself. And so that was a real big turning point in my life as well. And it was one of those moments that I realized, I'm like, I'm not a victim here. Like I need to adjust my lifestyle. I need to, you know, I need to get rid. I don't need to have a super fancy car. And so one of the things I did, I got rid of a vehicle. I loved this car, but I was like, but it's going to keep me from the life that I want, which is I don't want to be here all the time. So is this car worth my happiness? No, like the car needs to go. We need to go get the 2010, you know, like we don't need to be in a brand new car. And so these are the little things that I was doing. But even though in the moment you feel like, oh, this is so hard. I have to turn over my vehicle. It was like, no, but you're, you're being free. Give it, go, like go be free. And Mm -hmm. so those are the things that you create in your life that is a super small example, but it really is that overarching theme that I am prioritizing what I want in general and globally what I want in my life. And Mm -hmm. so you'll make the sacrifices to make sure you can have those things. And I think we're all doing it in some sort of way. It just looks different for all of us. That's really cool. And tell me about a success. Tell me about a time that was just amazing that you were like, this is, this is it. This is the moment. I've made it. I've made it. Or, or, you know, or is there no such moment for you yet? I think I've had like a few, since I've launched my business, my coaching business, I feel like I've had a few like really awesome moments that just kind of blow my own mind. First of all, like working with amazing clinicians and helping them see how fab they are and helping them get those jobs that they want to achieve. Uh, That is my number one priority. And I love that. That lights me up big time, but also... I my podcast like you know what it's like podcasting is like it's a lot of fun but it's also a lot of time like there's a lot of resources goes into it so this week actually is a one year anniversary since I launched my podcast and yeah I, Gosh, I wish I had like streamers <laughs> I'm celebrating that and you know celebrating it being listened across the world and uh, all the amazing listeners and followers listening to little Liam from you know from small town Scotland it just blows my mind um that I've been able to achieve that and it just goes to show right you know whatever you think you create like if you want to achieve something you can you just have to get to work and do it and make it happen for yourself and finally last year I was invited onto national radio here in Australia and I was on ABC radio which is like a national radio station it was at 11 o'clock at night but uh, but that's that's all right there was still a million listeners there was a million people listening uh, to me talking live and I was so scared <laughs> but and I had so many internal stories I was like oh my god you can't do this like who are you all of the things came up and I just was like hell to the no thank you very much I'm gonna go for this and give it a hundred and ten percent 
and it was such fun. Like I just really enjoyed the experience. So, John, oh my god! Yes. So I have a couple of things to say about what you just said. First, being shout out to my listeners in Australia because you are so right. I actually see your like where people are located. I actually pulled it up so I could describe it. Let me see. I've got listeners in Victoria, South, um, South Australia, and and mm-hmm. Queensland. Those are like things that come up. And I sh- shout out to y'all. I know you guys are listening. Thank you for listening. But it is incredible, like you said, to see that people all over the world are hearing what we are saying. And it's just like, what? Mm. I would have never thought this, you know, seven months ago when I started my podcast that I was going to have people from all over the world listening. So you are right. It blows my mind every <laughs> single time I see it. And I'm totally with you. And then you said having a million people listening to you and fighting imposter syndrome and being like, I'm not worthy, but you are Liam, like you've got years and years of experience. You are helping nurses. And so I'm just here to pump you up and say you are absolutely every bit capable of exactly what you were doing. And so many more nurses, I think, need to see themselves as capable and able to share whatever wisdom and knowledge that they have accrued and everyone can be the guide. Everyone can guide someone else because there's somebody behind you that could really benefit from whatever it is that you have inside of you. So share it. Don't be afraid. Don't think that you don't have anything to offer because just like Liam and I, we just decided one day we were going to sit down and have conversations with people and let them and let us guide others. You can do the same. It doesn't have to be a podcast. We don't all have to be podcasters, but it can look like something for you that looks different. And that will be beautiful as well. So, yeah, yeah. well said. So good. And I love that you keep coming back to be the guide because that speaks so loudly to me. And in particular, for people that are listening, a good lesson is that you only have to be one step ahead of someone that you want to help. The biggest thing that people struggle with is they think they need to know everything. (laughs) They need to know all of the things and they need to know the how. Um, But you don't learn the how until you've achieved the goal. So it's super important to just sit with that, go with that and just be that step ahead and start serving people if that's what you want to do. Exactly. And I think it's really interesting too. I read this quote somewhere that said, Oprah got very, very famous and very, very rich from asking questions. She didn't come on to the Oprah Winfrey show and say, let me show you how I do this. No, what she did was she just asked questions. She just set up a stage and a platform uh, for people to ask questions and explain themselves. And this became her beautiful career. You don't have to know it all. She didn't know it all, but she just asked the perfect questions. And so I just thought that was like really like inspirational, like snaps. When I read that, I was like, okay, ask the right questions. That's what you need to be doing. You don't have to know it all. Right. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. So um, our (laughs) get curious folks beautifully said. So Mm. any mentors, Liam, did anybody come along the way and really help you in your career? That's a great question. I think uh, obviously there have been mentors along the way, but a big reason why I set up high performance nursing was because of the lack of mentors and coaches, unfortunately. And once I discovered the power of coaching, I thought, wow, like this is the fix. This is the cure to all of healthcare's problems. Like we start coaching each other we start being nice to each other we will see you know people rise and and all of the rest of it and um 
I did come across a leadership coach at work in my last nurse unit manager role. And that was awesome having exposure to a, a leadership kind of executive coach. And that really opened my eyes. And I remember sitting in one of the sessions and I just thought to myself, this is what I need to be doing. This is my path. It just spoke to me. And it's so funny because I often feel guilt for not really wanting to be in the clinical arena anymore <laughs> and wanting to be like the coach for the clinicians. But, you know, I just, I just felt so strongly pulled to that leadership coach in that moment. And when I left the room, a few of my colleagues were like, Liam, I can see you doing that in the future. Like that's right up your street. And I thought, yep, this is my moment. This is what I need to do. So that was super powerful for me. I don't think I've necessarily had that many amazing kind of mentors, unfortunately, but I hope to provide that for clinicians here in Australia and globally moving forward because you know, we all need a coach. Bill Gates has got a coach. Like, why wouldn't you have a coach? <laughs> exactly. My last guest that I just published, she said, Tiger Woods has a coach. Why wouldn't I? Mm -hmm. And it's that same mentality that these people that are high performing, they have coaches, they have people that are speaking into their lives and helping them see things. Again, they are a couple steps ahead of them. I mean, these people are incredibly successful. Like who has been more successful than Bill Gates? But yet they still need someone to help them, help guide them through their lives. So yeah, that's really good. And the last question of our podcast is, so you've got a, we, we've got a new nurse. She's starting off in her career and she doesn't know where to get started, where, what she wants to do. What is one piece of advice that you wish you would have heard when you were first starting off? And one, what is one piece of advice you would recommend her toss aside? Piece to hold on to, mm. something to toss aside. Okay. Piece to hold on to would be get curious and sample. Just explore just just try everything don't get yourself stuck somewhere just keep trying keep moving keep testing the waters and really find what it is that works for you be that clinical non-clinical the thing that you should toss is definitely following a traditional nursing career path i think that there are just so many amazing opportunities out there you do not need to follow that old you know, saying of like, you need to do your five years before you get X and, you know, yeah. before you become a manager, you need to do 10 and slog your guts. And when you get to management, you're going to hate your life. Like, no, do, do <laughs> that to God. yourself. <laughs> like, don't do it. It's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, toss that out the window and just do you create your own path. Yes. I love that. I love that. Just again, because one of the things that I discussed, I actually had on my podcast, she is a councilwoman uh, for a city in California and a nurse. And I wanted to talk to her because she got involved in politics. I reached out to her on LinkedIn and I was able to have this wonderful conversation with her. And basically she describes a similar thing that as she's kind of paved her this way, merging politics and nursing, she's realized that she's making it easier for the person behind her. And so she describes climbing a mountain like Mount Everest and that there were other people that have climbed these mountains and that they would leave things along the path to make it easier mm. for the person who was coming behind him who was climbing Mount Everest to get up to the summit. I thought that was so inspirational because I was like, oh, I could just see her like climbing this mountain, like getting to like she was the mayor of the city for a period of time. She was working as a councilwoman and like she was all by herself up there climbing this mountain. And now that she's telling her story and she's describing how she got there, nurses that are behind her can go like, oh, 
I could do that too. And she left little mm-hmm. morsels and little things along the way that help other nurses get there even easier. I just thought it was super beautiful and just this really unique thing that she gets to do. But if all of us do the same thing, if all of us choose the same path, then we don't have people that are climbing Everest that are choosing hard paths by themselves and then reaching back and helping others get to those same positions. Because Mm -hmm. I think the more nurses that we have in incredible positions, the more doors it opens for all of us. If we all do the same thing, we open the same doors, then we're only going to have those options. Like go off, do Mm -hmm. the thing that nobody else is doing and create something that maybe somebody else behind you could make even better or improve or Mm. yeah, it could be their escape. So exactly. Yeah. Be the example for sure. I love that. I thought that was really cool. All right. So Leon, the last part of the interview is the rapid fire questions, questions, questions. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to ever get sick of saying that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to get sick of saying that. I might not. Um, And so Liam, what is your favorite animal? I'm going to say rabbit because I have pet rabbits. <laughs> oh, you have pet rabbits. They're totally <laughs> not my favorite, but I like on my bike. <laughs> rabbit. I panicked. Okay. So what is the last thing you watched on Netflix? The Witcher. The Witcher. The Witcher. Oh, what is Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't checked that. I think I've seen it. It's I haven't like checked a it Henry out. Cavill thing. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, mm. whenever you told me you're from Scotland, I legitimately have been, I watched Outlander. And so I yep. feel like I know Scotland and I don't, I don't, I don't know anything, but I just feel like I do because I love that show. Um, okay. And then what is one food that you would gladly get out of your life? Oh my goodness. I'm very good at this, am I? These are hard. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I've literally just changed from being vegetarian to going back to eating meat. So I would have said meat last week. <laughs> What's one thing I would get out of my life? Maybe pasta because I eat too much of it. And it's... it's uh, okay, okay, there you go. Pasta. <laughs> All right, Liam, can, where can my guests find you? Where can they say they're like, oh... I'm in Australia and, you know, I've been listening to Sandra and this is really cool. I would like to reach out to Liam and, he, and, and see if he can help me. Where can they find you? Share with my guest. Yeah. Where can they look at sure. you? Awesome. Well, I'd love to chat. I am at liamcaswell.com and I'm also on every social media platform like we all are, but I'll just give you Insta. <laughs> I'm at High Performance Nursing. Yep. So just search that and you'll find me down there on Insta. Perfect. Perfect. Anything else you'd like to share with my listeners before I let you go? No, just thank you so much. Like, I love your work. Yes. And it's so inspiring. And I'm just so glad that we connected. So I'm um, oh. forward to having you on my podcast very shortly. <laughs> I would be honored. Guys, thank you for listening. And don't forget to enjoy the journey. We are at the end of our time together. I really enjoyed the chat. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And leave us a review if you like the show. I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is on Instagram, so please follow us there for any updates on new podcasts and inspirational information to help you on your own journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse Podcast at gmail.com with any career information or professions that you're interested in hearing about. And as always, thanks for listening. I want to thank my biggest fan supporter on Patreon, Kevin Pryor, for your support of this podcast. If you love this podcast and want to throw some support my way, I would greatly appreciate it. My link is in the show notes. 
And just a reminder, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used as substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or other professional advice or services.